0: are listening to the Blooming Human Podcast. Welcome, Raphael. Thank you for being in today's episode.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, Raphael is a member of the social ecological research group Get It Does, and he's also a professor at uh, HSE Montréal here in Quebec. So uh, Raphael, can you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us more about your work?
1: Um, yes, sure. Um, I guess I generally think of myself as an environmental philosopher, um, and one who likes to be in the flow. So what does that mean? Um, a little anecdote, maybe. Um, some years ago, I, I was kind of shocked. The colleague presented my research and that of our Gettys' group there at a conference with a picture of me in a swimming suit, <laughs> um, getting out of a river um, with the help of a colleague who was helping me to get out. And she said at the conference, so this is us at work. So first I was a bit shocked, right? A serious conference there I am in a swimming suit. Um, But then I thought she was actually right um, because this, so this picture was taken during the the Big Jump River Swimming Action Day for the European River Directive, Uh um, which is designed to show that um, citizens need to reconnect with their rivers if they want to um, protect them. Um and in our in my research, I had an um, opportunity to participate in such actions while so to speak, also climb out of the river again and think about this, which I guess is more the task of the philosopher um to reflect on you know what is our relation to water, what is our water culture, perhaps um, and so I guess, in brief response to your question, I would say I'm somebody who in in action is somebody. Who believes in change and supporting positive causes, while um, if you get out of the river and put more the intellectual mode on, you are of course a bit more skeptical and maybe even pessimistic about the possibility of change in our world.
0: Yeah, that's true. So uh, sustainability is kind of a broad concept, and sometimes it's tricky to understand what it is and why this concept exists. Uh, I would like to start by asking you, what is sustainability for you?
1: For me, it's really one of the central challenges of our society. So once we have lost the belief in progress and some sort of never-ending increase in material well-being, sustainability is, is not the challenge of always getting better, faster, and so on. But for me, the core is finding ways that ensure life and dignity for everyone on this planet.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a nice concept of it. And would you say our changing and our fast-paced lifestyle has pushed us away from our connection with nature and that's why we need this sustainability concept?
1: I would say yes and no. So I think in a in a in in a you know in a kind of deep way, um we can't really be pushed away from nature because we are part of nature. But it's definitely true if you think about Canadian, um, um so so how how can i say it white canadian and um european societies then they definitely have now a long history of thinking of nature as a kind of resource to be conquered and to be to be used and in that process probably nature as something independent surprising or even poetic has been sort of marginalized or even lost nature has been pushed away and disappeared or even become hidden at the same time there is definitely an I think a desire for, um, for change and for people reclaiming their rivers and their nature. with um, the Maori in New Zealand who basically say the river is us um, emphasizing that there is, is more than, them, than the resource, however important that is too. And so therefore I also believe that, um, you know, in the aspect in the process of um, conquering nature, we have of course learned a lot about nature ecosystems, biologists, biology, and now also the viruses, of course. So the challenge is just that we need to get much better in using this knowledge to survive the mess that we've created.
0: Right, Like uh, so we are trying to have more, but uh, at what cost, right? We can see that we often see success and development as a form of uh, having and wanting more, but is it possible to talk about a sustainable development?
1: Well, I mean so i I think you you always need to ask of of who who is considered in that so um you know if if you are for example somebody who is um struggling to make ends meet, pay the rent and so forth, then I think it makes sense that you you want to have some more um and in ma- many ways the development and sustainable development was also articulating this demand of um, um peoples and countries who um have been um marginalized or conquered by um by economic development as as we know it um and so i think that is entirely um legitimate if you think about affluent people who want to have um more then i think it may be particularly interesting if they want to have more and sustainably so because that sort of suggests i think that they that they do concede that they want to feel good about, about this more and this development and consumption. So therefore, they should be, in a sense, be open for discussion. And what kind of society allows everyone to pursue their personal development and, You know, what kind of politics, because I think there is definitely danger that people think sustainable development means um, more green technology and green growth and that technology is for sure extremely important, but at the same time, probably most evidence suggests that um, it's not going to be enough. Um, so we will need to also have some other social and political changes, and um, that allow organizations but also individuals to become um, more independent from from growth pressures. And that's maybe one aspect that was a bit sidelined in the traditional sustainable development discussions, but it's is really becoming much more important. And maybe also see it now in the, in the COVID times. But then what, what is really this um, development? On the one hand, it is um, economic development and consumption, but it's also about um, having relationships and friendships and community. Um, and so that is, that is really important to have social and political policies that allow that kind of um, communal and personal life and, and and really allow people to do that. And again, again I think this um, virus was very interesting for that, but because maybe many of us experienced the importance of um, friendship and community in such a kind of emergency. And so inversely, you could maybe also say that, um, if people always want to have more and say this um development is is very um <clears throat> important, then maybe there is also a certain aspect of fear and anxiety because we kind of have sometimes maybe a little bit lost the skills and relations for community and friendship, so there's maybe some relearning to do
0: <laughs> yeah that's a very interesting point uh seen development also as the as the relationship uh with with ourselves too and, and with other people um and talking about nature and that relationship uh, we have with it i once read that humans are the only animals that make trash mm-hmm. like other animals live in harmony with nature so they use its resources and then those came back to nature as a cycle but with us we are really out of that natural cycle so um, do you think people consider themselves to be outside of nature i mean can we say that in general humans don't don't feel part of it
1: So that's a good and never-ending question and so i guess um, you can say that human beings are the beings that are themselves you know that are problems for themselves existentially we just don't seem to be part of anything but i think we are also the being that is somehow not satisfied with not being part of anything so we're also beings that always want to find a sense and a story right even looking for now producing sustainably it's maybe also about a social story of how we can live together and so when we realize that we are also biological and social beings in many ways related to nature and societies Then, of course, there is much that we can um, say we are part of nature and how we are related to different aspects of nature and society. And maybe the sense, you know, the social sense of your question would be more that um, if not the majority of people like us live in cities, then simply very many people have limited to no opportunities to experience um, the diversities of landscapes and natures especially ones that are less under our control. So for example, um, this summer, we went to, to a lake here. Um, and we took um, a little boy along. Um, he was, um, I think, 12. And for him, it was the first time um, on vacation out of Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> and so when we went to the, the forest, he was really afraid um, of the ducks. And of the forest, of the bestial, he directly wanted to go back home to the phone. Um, and I think there is this environmental alienation that is part of our social life for these social reasons of who has really access to what kind of nature. And that is, I think, the really important point because, you know, a couple of days later, he was, of course, really happy playing on the beach and being outside. Uh, maybe for education um, and school it's really important that everyone has that kind of opportunity which which is probably really important for how do you call it a blooming human or let's say for opportunities of having a blooming human life
0: yes yes I totally agree with you and I can relate to that experience that we sometimes want to stay at home uh, watching Netflix and being on our phones with internet but then we go into nature and it's like suddenly you just want to be there and and spend uh your time there in nature, so it's it's kind of natural for us <laughs> humans to be in nature and uh from the perspective of the social aspect of sustainability, I know that one of your research areas is the capabilities approach, so um how this approach help us understand sustainability? Would you explain us a little bit more about this?
1: basically, to link that to your question before um The capabilities approach is an approach that um, puts a lot of emphasis on people's agency and choice. And so it's an approach that doesn't say everyone has to be in nature and tree hugger and so forth. But it puts the emphasis on the question if people really have the choice. right? Do you actually have the choice if you would like to go to a lake and more experience something else from your um, um, neighborhood, do you really have that opportunity? And so the, the capability is meant to be a focus on not what people have to do, but what they have real opportunities to do. And I think that's very important for sustainability because the sustainability um, um, puts the emphasis on uh, meeting people's basic needs. You have to ask, what are these basic needs that are important for um, leading a life in dignity for everyone? But the subtle matter, of course, is to do it in such a way that it's linked to people's choices.
0: Yeah. And that makes totally sense. Um, having the opportunity and the choices to do and access to, uh, it's like the first steps to change and being part of the change. So that makes total sense. And talking about that approach, you are a member of this uh, social ecological research group called Getido. So that stands for getting things done, getting things done sustainably, right?
1: Yeah, there's often questions around this name. Um, What is it and how do you even pronounce it? I don't know. (laughs) Some people say it sounds Greek or like maybe it's a Greek shop, Greek corner shop. (laughs) Um, And as you said, so it stands for getting things done sustainably. And there is a link therefore also to the shop and the commerce because the getting things done is basically inspired by um, um, the idea that Entrepreneurs or innovators are action-driven people who want to get things done um, Highlights this point that um, even if we do action and especially if we want to do good action We always need to think of it as a process where we keep need to keep on asking ourselves Is this going in the right direction? Um, and so this is what what this group um, stands for and um, Basically, um, we've had the opportunity to work together with them um, social enterprises and civil society organizations mainly to accompany them with their ideas. Um, and so, in general, in Getidos, we try to accompany such ideas, especially from the social side, be critical, you know, thinking about them and what do they really have as an impact, but also be constructive and try to accompany them where we can do that. Um, in the Getidos project, we had um, an opportunity of sometimes also leaving Europe. <laughs> it included projects. So, our focus is uh, around water and also sanitation, of course, as one of the big dignity accesses. So for example, in in Kenya, we could work with um, um, with, um, an architect who works in in, in Nairobi to create what he calls toilet monuments. So these are public toilets that, however, are beautiful and are supposed to offer a dignified access. And the other nice thing has been that um, in our master's program, there's um, people coming from all over the world and so this has also led to relations. So um, right now I'm co-supervising um, a doctoral dissertation from the Western Ghats in India, which is about um, sacred swamps. So this is something really interesting in the, in the Western Ghats, where the um, there is a local tradition of conserving um, some swamps that are close to um, villages. Um, which at the first time is, uh, the first set, of course, is something very cultural and maybe only accessible if you have the right faith. But it turns out it's very interesting because these um, sacred swamps really are statistically correlated close to, to villages and they have social rules. They have a core zone which you are not allowed to enter. And so in a way, this is a very elaborate and sophisticated system for um, <clears throat> um, for protecting ecosystem services in a rational or not rational, in, in, in another language. And so here, too, this is a very um, interesting way of accompanying us because this tradition is under pressure from due to migration and people leaving the villages, other people coming. And so in this case, Narashima is a student who is also a farmer. And he works in this and tries to understand these sacred swamps as both an ecological and a social entity, and then draw um, you know lessons how this kind of tradition can maybe survive and adapt into our present.
0: Those are very interesting and inspiring examples of Gerido's work. So apart from being part of this research group and working on different projects like the ones you just mentioned, you're also a professor. So how do you see your role in society regarding sustainability?
1: Generally, I believe that um, every profession has um, a social responsibility, so that means it has to think about its social role, which will depend on the challenges of the time and I think, clearly, sustainability is one of those challenges of of our time, given that that progress is no longer really working the way we think it is. Um, And so for the university and, um, you know, the university profession, if you like, uh, the the resource here is knowledge and education. We clearly need to think um, how we can use that for societal problem solving. So we, we think about shooting rockets to the moon as the big scientific achievement. But maybe we're now also at a time where we don't need um rocket signs, but more um I don't know, rock signs or a water signs, because we still don't know how to um provide everyone with clean and affordable water. And so it turns out that this is a really complex problem. And it also needs probably recognition um, in science that these kind of problems are hard to solve and that they get recognized. But the point I'm trying to get at is that this responsibility is not only the individual one of each professor or each teacher, but also about the profession and its norms. And I think at the moment it's still a little bit the norm is that if you um, you know publish in a, in a peer-reviewed journal, and then you can be brilliant, and there's a lot of reward for that, but there is the risk as as it has once been put that this all is a bit brilliant but irrelevant. But I think we know that we also need more um ways of recognizing the role of of science that tries to deal with these kind of complex problems and finding ways that are you know that people, students, researchers are recognized for dealing with these issues even if it maybe doesn't produce a lot of papers, but contributes in a meaningful way um, to solving these issues. And I think there is still a lot of discussion how this can be better organized.
0: Yeah, I totally uh, agree with you. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, This was very interesting and, and a very opening conversation. So I'm sure we have all learned something new today and maybe even rethink our relation with nature. Before we finish this episode, can you share with us one small action that we can do to be more conscious of our relationship with nature?
1: I think I have two points. Um, one is that I think it's actually really good that you put as a, as a question about small actions. Um, because um, I do think it's important not just to wait for salvation, but um, value um, small actions that we can do. I'm thinking here of a really nice Polish film that is called Little Tricks. And there, I don't remember, this, I think it's called like that. There is the scene where a brother and a sister they sit in a supermarket, you know, this kind of parking site um, with cars and so on. And there is, I think, an old man or an old lady sitting and she's trying to sell apples. Um, but no one is stopping. They all pass by. So the sister... Um, so they watch her, and then the sister basically um, pushes a shopping cart next to the old lady, um, and puts a sloty a, sl- a coin coin in there because then people can add their cards to that card, right? And so they actually start coming to that place because they want to add their shopping cart there, and thereby they see that old um, person selling the apples, and that person can now start selling the apples. So it's a kind of a, a little trick, but it has a good effect in that film. Um, so that's, I think, small actions are really important, especially if we are smart about them. But more, maybe more to, directly to your point about relationship with nature. Um, during the lockdown period, I've been extremely um, impressed. So I, I was reading books, of course, and I read a book by um, an Ojibwe, a um, Canadian writer called, I might mispronounce his name, he, I think he's called Richard Bagamese. And he wrote this book, it's called One Drum, where he, as I understand it, he tries to um, <clears throat> communicate different um, teachings and vir- or virtues of the Ojibwe tradition and make them accessible to all. And this also involves um, what he called ceremonies, which are basically um, um, small actions in, in increasing level of difficulty. And the first one, so he starts his first virtue, and the first action link to that is about humility. And he proposes that um, to be part of nature. Um, in the Ojibwe thinking, it's it's about simply um, enjoying silence and hearing yourself breathe. Um, so this is his first step, and I think it's an it's an interesting one. It's really simple. Everyone can do it. And he also makes um, a second suggestion directly after. He says once you have kind of doing that, you should start talking about this with others So as we do here today in the podcast i'm following his instruction and i think this is um, an important point about this being smart about small actions and if you um, continue reading the book he has lots of more ideas and um, that become a lot harder real rocket science or rocket action
0: those are powerful small actions <laughs> so uh well thank you thank you for those um suggestions and examples and all the work you're doing Um, and thank you for being in today's episode i will leave the website of gettidos in the description box so uh, everyone can check it out and be inspired by the different projects and publications that uh, we can find there so again rafael thank you so much for being in today's episode
1: thank you andrea and all the best for your podcast
0: that was it for today's episode i hope you guys enjoy it and learn something new Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and check our website for more tips and information on how to live sustainably. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends, family, network, so we can grow this community. Thank you and until next episode. Bye!